I guess they thought I was safe. If I was talking, they say that I'm a dangerous ape. Fuck these colorless bastards. They can slap Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Better Left Podcast. This is Jay. If you're liking what you're hearing, don't forget to give us a rating of five stars. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button too so you can stay up to date with all of our new content. Thanks a lot. This episode may not be suitable for those who like to bully others. Hmm. Don't do that. People are no. kind of cool. Hey Jay. Hi, Corn. Welcome back to the Better Left Podcast. It's been a little while since I've been on one. It's been a minute, but it's good to uh, to hear your voice, bro. Yeah, you too. Uh, you had a really good interview with our boy Mike Ferguson, and great job doing that. That was a really Fergie good Ferg. thing he was doing. Raising yes. money for those affected by coronavirus, which we all still are. <sighs> yeah, we are. And yeah, like we are hearing that, you know, events... And concerts and stuff like probably aren't going to happen until 2021. So like the people that Fergie Ferg is trying to help, like these people, they need your donations if you can help. So we will post that link again. But, um, you know, sound techs, lighting people, all those people that get your concerts going like they are in the struggle for sure. Oh, definitely. Everybody that I know has been affected by this in some way, whether it's just being afraid to leave their house or whether it's being unemployed and. Thankfully, we have, yeah, we have a good government here in Washington that's helping people out a little bit, but at least that was effective, but it's not enough. And $1,200 isn't enough either. I will not buy that. No. So, um, but I'm kind of excited because I get a chance to actually talk to you and with you a little bit about- Oh my God. No, I know. (laughs) About kind of like my experiences as a campaign manager on Sarah's campaign- and some of the stuff that we've got going on right now. And specifically, we're going to talk a little bit about people being naughty. Really? People naughty. being bullies, dude. Bullies people on the left. Very naughty. Very naughty. Yeah, we and got not, a bully. Not the good naughty. Uh-oh. With, and not the good kind of bully either, which is, I think, a pit bull. People like them. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, I like those bully <laughs> breeds. Um, yeah. So I wanted to ask you, Corn. what do you think bullying is? What is bullying? Oh, well, I mean, like, I think that when we traditionally think about bullying, like, obviously, we think of ourselves, like, as children and, like, maybe middle school um, and people picking on each other, whether it be for their looks, for their weight, like, you know, things like that. I don't know about you, but, like, as a kid, I was definitely picked on for having red hair or, like, for my weight, for things like that. Um, What what's your experience with that? Oh yeah. Same thing. Like my family didn't always have money. And so I remember being picked on for like the clothes I was wearing. I remember this one kid at a church group, right. Of all places started making fun of me because I was wearing sweatpants and I was a little chunk. All right. I got made fun of for my weight. I was thick. (laughs) Yeah. So I got made fun of for my weight a little bit. Yeah. It was amazing. I didn't like that. But you know, I think bullying as an adult is a lot different these days. Right. It's like, um, pushing people out of groups or like not acknowledging people's experiences or refusing to talk to others. Uh, and I think that's the thing that's kind of interesting though. Not always, right. It's not always bullying. Yeah, no. So I think that like my experience as an adult and specifically like in the leftist movement, the type of bullying that I have faced is like, I've had men call me dramatic for bringing things up that other men have brought up. For example, I've been told that I'm being toxic for bringing up valid concerns about a candidate or about a campaign. Um, The most recent one is I was called a moderate liberal, which like some (laughs) people may or may not consider bullying, but like the whole point being that like, even as adults, like we're slinging shit at each other. Like, And that fucking sucks. Oh yeah, you're not part of the group corn because let me check my notes. Um, oh, you have hair. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'm totally with you on that. And don't get me wrong. Like at times we need to create labels and we need to defend our positions and we need to be really clear about it, right? And we can't be tolerating behavior like Trump's. You know, when he's bullying reporters or when he's bullying, oh I don't know, just about anybody. Like that totally. guy's total garbage. Uh, yeah, no, I think Trump is like 
he's like the most obvious example of like a bully that is an adult that like it's very easy to point to and like even kids can look at him and be like yeah like he's kind of being a piece of shit you know um one of the most recent examples was like i know that there was a reporter who was asking him about his response on the coronavirus and he basically said that like he was a shitty reporter and that his entire like career was just garbage and it's like oh cool oh yeah that was a that was a woman too it was a woman okay yeah yeah that's tight yeah yeah and i can't can't remember her name which i'm sure we'll put in the show notes but she uh yeah i remember him doing that and just like openly in front of other people just diminishing her and i think the thing that really bothered me about that it's like he's not appreciating the experience of the person or like really treating them as a person should you know it's like we need to show people respect we can't just be you know, because we have a position of power pushing somebody down or being like, you're wrong. Because, you know, look at the examples of Trump just talking about drinking bleach. You know, the Dude. CDC is now reporting people in giving themselves bleach enemas. Oh, no. Yeah. It's like people in power need to be very, very careful or, you know, like, yeah, Biden. no. If you know that you have a platform, like, you need to be very intentional and thoughtful with the words that you are putting out. And yeah, like, like I said, Trump is the most obvious example, but sadly, like the two fucking nominees or candidates or whatever for president have both engaged in this type of behavior. Oh, yeah. Like Biden has done the same thing. Oh, yeah. And this whole thing they're doing with Tara Reid, how they're not discussing it. They're not even oh, my God. like mentioning it. Uh, terrible. It's terrible. It's like there's this overarching theme of men just continuously pushing down women because they're in positions of power. And that's not to say that women in power haven't done that too, but it's really clear. There's a problem with men on the left doing this kind of thing. Totally. Yeah. When I was in Iowa, um, Biden, I wasn't at this event. Um, but one of my friends who, uh, was a staffer in that district, um, told me firsthand about this, how basically like Biden was doing an event and a guy from Iowa had questions and concerns um, about Joe's son's involvement with Ukraine. And like, at that time, that was something that was being talked about in the news quite a bit. Like it was right before the impeachment stuff. Um, and so like, that is a very legitimate question to have for someone who is running for president. And Joe's response to that was calling this guy fat, calling him sedentary, um, (laughs) challenging him to a fucking push-up contest. Yeah. Like this is our this is our nominee for the Democratic Party for the fucking presidency and he's engaging in like similar behavior as Trump and as far leftists like I I feel like I mean almost anyone I know would condemn that behavior, right? Yeah, I think so and it's you know, it's because we're not taking the time to get to know that person. It's because we're not taking the opportunity to appreciate that person's experience. I think that's what at the heart of the leftist movement is. Let's make sure that we are acknowledging other people as people and making sure that we are giving them the space to be people. You know Yeah. I mean? well, well, and guess what? That guy that was bullied by Biden, guess what we fucking did on the Bernie campaign? My friend that I'm talking about, he met up with this guy. He talked yeah. to him about his experience and about how traumatizing that was and talked to him about the concerns he had not only for Biden's campaign, but for Bernie too, and yeah. addressed those and had that conversation. And at the end of the day, I got a message from him on Slack with a picture of him with a Bernie sign. No, and that's, that's how you do that. Like you have conversations. Right. No, I'm totally yeah. with you. Uh, it's funny. Cause like Bernie did that again too. Right. I don't know if you remember, but Bernie had a rally back in 2016 and some black lives matter protesters. Interrupted yes. it. And what yes. did he do? He engaged them. He amplified their message. He tried to show them the respect that they deserved. It was just like, here are these people who are suffering. Here are these people who haven't had the same experience as me. Let's make sure that we lift them up and use my platform. And this is the thing that I thought was really critical. He used his platform to elevate Bernie or to elevate the protesters. He used his platform to make sure that they were actually the ones getting the limelight because he knows what, what matters, right? Yeah, he does this time and time again, whether it be with people on the left or people on the right that criticize him, like working on his campaign as a field staffer, it was extremely important to Bernie specific, like we got word from him to say like, 
you are supposed to connect with every person you talk to. And obviously that, you know, like if someone is, you know, harassing or being violent or things like that, that's totally different. But like, just because someone disagrees with you doesn't mean you talk down on them. It doesn't mean that you use your position of power to belittle them. It is all about listening to people and identifying with what they are concerned with because where people are, people got there somehow. And we might not agree with what, with how they got, or excuse me, we might not agree with like what their conclusion is, but we need to empathize with how they got there. And by doing that is listening to them by, by offering them our ear and by saying, you know what, I hear you. And here's how we're going to address those concerns. Um, calling people fat or mocking them. Um, that's, that's not how you do it. No, I'm totally with you. You know, it's funny you bring that up about like finding ways to engage them. This may shock you, Corn, but I was born as a conservative evangelical Christian. And I say born as, because it's kind of a joke, right? But yes. oftentimes we're born into a community. We adopt the opinions of that community. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do. Yep. Um, also, I don't know if you knew this, but Bill is lactose intolerant. Oh, what? Yeah. Whoa. Totally that weird. Sucks. I know it's kind yeah. of weird. Segue, never, never heard about that. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Yeah. But so being... <laughs> that I was born into this. It's like when I first started moving left, it was really difficult for me because I had these opinions and views about the world and I felt challenged in them, but I didn't feel like it was ever safe to actually talk about them. Right. Right. Um, You know, when Sarah and I first got together, it was through conversation with her about all kinds of events that really I started shifting further and further left. And um, my parents may not like this, but we used to joke about calling her the liberal Democrat whore in the family. (laughs) <laughs> between my Sarah and I, because, you know, she's a Democrat. It's what she is. But it's funny because it highlights the staunch difference. But you know what my parents did? Uh, they found common ground with her. And Sarah's found common ground with my right. parents. And they try to find Yeah, through conversation and not through yeah. belittling one another or by talking down to one another. And I'm sure that, yeah, like as you were like transitioning to these new views and learning and adopting these new ideas, like if someone came to you and told you that you were a fat piece of shit for believing something different like that might have made you a little bit <laughs> hesitant to take on those views right like yeah, it's totally and it's like um <laughs> you know there were a couple times that happened on sarah's campaign where we had people raising the, wait that people called you a fat piece of shit <laughs> um not Sorry. to my face but probably <laughs> yeah i was a no, i was living was campaign life and so yeah. yeah i mean i was it was like quarantine life but it, it, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah uh, but no, like I remember this one night, it was the night of the primary, the night before, um, this guy calls the campaign line and I answer and, uh, Sarah and I, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. We were trying yeah. our best to like, just kind of relax be like, you know, the work is done. We've done everything we possibly can. Um, we got to get up early in the morning and do more, but tonight's the night. Right. Yeah. And so the guy calls and he says, you know, my son really wants to vote for, uh, Sarah. And I don't tell him that I'm her partner or anything. I don't tell him that we're married. You're just campaign manager. I'm just, yeah. I didn't even tell him I was the campaign manager. Staffer. Yeah. I didn't even say mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. I just told him, I answered the phone. I was like, Hey, you know, yeah. we talked through it and he raised concerns with me. He started yelling at me at one point. Yeah. I remember. Like, yeah. yeah. He's like, you bunch <laughs> of socialists and popping mm-hmm. off and you know, honestly, and it would have been really easy for you to just hang up the phone or to yeah. say, fuck you or whatever it may be. Right. Like, but Absolutely. you didn't do that. Yeah. No, I didn't. And do you know why? Because the guy had real concerns. Like his concern was that he had a friend who died. I think it was in Poland because of a shortage of medical supplies. And do you know what? Mm-hmm. He didn't want that same shortage here. Mm-hmm. What a reasonable thing to feel, right? He right. didn't want to see his friends die. That's a thing that we could bond on. I said, you know, man, listen, I really hear what you're saying. And I appreciate the concerns you're bringing up. But the thing I want you to think about is this. You know, I grew up conservative and I want to make sure that we are emphasizing freedom for every person. Mm -hmm. And I said, sir, if your son were to get terminal cancer or something like almost terminal today and you knew he needed medication, would you sell everything you owned to make sure that he survived? And the guy pauses and he says, yeah, I think I would. I was like, of course you are, because you're a good father. I can hear it in your voice. Like, yeah, you're shouting at me, but you care about your son. You care about your friends. I can hear it. And I was like, do you really have a choice? Like, if your son gets in a situation, what choice do you have? I was like, any good parent would make sure that they cared for their children. Any good parent would make sure that they cared for their friends. That's how are their you know, family. That's how right. these things work. 
but we found common ground. And, you know, at the end of it, he's like, okay, you know what? I will go take my son to vote. But I like to think about that moment as just like this chance where we got to make a connection. We got to say, you know what? Here's the thing that you feel. Here's the thing that you believe. And here's the thing that I believe. And we know we have a lot of the shared feelings. And when we find that common ground, we can actually do it. We can actually make that work. You know what I mean? Totally. And yeah, like if, if you are a supporter or a staffer or whatever it may be, and you go into that conversation, just shutting someone down. Um, you know, an example that I've had recently is I, um, was concerned about a candidate, Joshua Collins, who we're going to be talking about a little bit later. Yes, we are. Um, a lot. And, uh, I had some concerns about his union support and about who he was using um, for union printing. And just, I had some questions about that and I would have fucking loved to have a conversation. Like maybe by having conversations and by engaging, like I could have been a supporter. I could have been a volunteer. I don't live in districts, so I cannot vote for him. But like, Instead, I was told that I was being toxic and that I was a moderate liberal. And it's like by shutting that connection down so quickly, there is never an opportunity for me to learn or for me to hear from the, you know, and so that's really a bummer. I know another example on Sarah's campaign that I remember um, was with one of our super podcast pals. Her name's Allison. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Or oh, yeah, I, yeah. First off, I love Allison. If you haven't listened to her episode, yeah, Allison's us, rad. You absolutely, absolutely should. She's going to even be coming out with her own kind of show. So we're really excited to be working with her on that. But you know, it was funny because Allison, many don't know, she's the chair of one of the legislative districts. Um, and you know, when Sarah first ran, she saw that running and was like, you know what? I could really be mean to this woman. A lot of people were uh, because Allison, right. Because Allison was an Adam Smith supporter. Uh Allison reached out to the campaign and she said, Hey, we should get coffee together. We should do something. You know, she talked about similar events like this on her, um, uh, the podcast she did Mm -hmm. with us. And Mm -hmm. so, so Allison actually got together with us and we talked and you know what she came away with? She came away realizing just how passionate Sarah was, how convicted yep. she was about it, and how much she respected Sarah because of that. You know, we found common ground. Um, you know, that's kind of what we did too. When Sarah received concerns about where she lived in the district, which, by the way, we live yes. about sixteen hundred feet from the district yes. line in the ninth <laughs> district. I know. But this guess what? Like people who were concerned about Sarah living or not living in district. That is a valid concern, right? Correct? Yeah, absolutely. That's okay. Be- because how can you represent a community if you're not part of it? And, right? Exactly. And like, you have to listen to not just the, the sentence of, you know, you don't live in district. You have to hear what they are saying, which they are concerned that you are not representing their values, that you don't have the lived experience of someone in the ninth district. And so by hearing those concerns, we spoke to them. Right. We didn't we didn't lash out at people and say, well, you're an Adam supporter, so fuck you. Like we listened to them and we're like, look, like that's a valid concern. That being said, we would state the facts, like you said, that Sarah is, you know, however many feet out of the district. And yeah. her struggle as a working class woman is representative of the struggles of people in the ninth district. Absolutely. Regard, regardless of technicalities of district lines. And when we had those conversations with people, like, you know, some of them, maybe they didn't change their minds on voting for Sarah, but it, they definitely had their concerns addressed, right? Right. Yeah. And we used to joke about, it, you know, Sarah worked in the district. She lived in the district. Her friends were in the district. Yep. And even her jogs would take her in and out of the district. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> Come on. Like, what do you, that's so I think that's really important to highlight too, though, is it's like, I, I do feel like having concerns about living in district or not like that is a valid concern. That being said though, when you run for office, people are going to have concerns that maybe aren't valid either. Like they're gonna, you know, maybe be assholes or like comment on, you know, Sarah's outfits or the way she does her hair or things like that. And it would be really easy to lash out at those people, but that's not what you do when you're in a position of power. No, absolutely. And like we said before, it's because you need to make sure you're taking those people's concerns as valid. You know, it's funny, there's a statement that often happens on the left, which is you can't just measure yourself by your intent. You need to measure yourself by your impact. 
right? Yes. And if your impact on these people has been that they have reasons to doubt you or they have reasons to mistrust you, mm-hmm. then you need to really step back and acknowledge those feelings and then to work with them and help them to see kind of like your perspective and why it is. And you can start there. Now, it doesn't always end the way that you wanted it to, right? But that's mm-hmm. what you start. That's what accountability is. It's we connect with people, we find out their concerns, and we make sure we align to them where we can and address them where possible. Um, what we can't do, we can't punch them. We no. can't like kick them and be like, hey, guy, you suck for raising this concern, which is totally valid. And I'm sorry, rather than correcting my actions, I'm going to just get really angry about it. You can't yep. do that. Um, that's what Trump would do. That's what Trump right? would do. Exactly. Right? Like, that's what he would do. And like, I don't want to draw totally. the comparison that Trump and all of our actors on the left are the bad. Like, there's a really substantive difference between Trump and the left, for sure. And that's a, because, like, let's just start with one thing. They don't want to see people die without health care. They don't expect yeah. to do that, right? And we've, we've discussed this on past podcasts before where um, I believe it was the Seattle Times, you know, said that Shama was like, Shama and Sean Scott were the equivalent um, of uh, Trump calling Ugh. for uh, the border wall, for example, for, for asking for Amazon to be taxed. Like that is not a fair equivalency. Absolutely not. Right. Yeah, it is not a fair representation of the stances. I mean, there's just some really substantive difference, but it's like, listen, we got the moral high ground on the left, right? We don't want to see right. people go without totally. homes. We don't want to see people go without healthcare. And we're willing to do what it takes to make that a reality. Uh, but we can't give that up by failing to acknowledge people and failing to see right. us, right? Like that's the whole Bernie slogan. Is and not and me, here's, us. The, here's the thing is on the left, we can be comfortable enough to say that, guess what? We're right. Like we are right on the policies and the issues and things like that. So we can like not worry about that part. But what we need to worry about is are we winning? And we aren't. Yeah. And really guess true. what? We can't win. If we aren't connecting with people who aren't like us, You're absolutely we have right. to connect with them. We can't just say, well, they're a Biden supporter or, you know, they're uh, a supporter of the person I'm running against. Like, no, that is a voter. Absolutely. That, that, is, that is who they are. And so that means you treat them with respect. You treat them with dignity. You, you listen to them. You listen to their concerns and you have a conversation. Right. But like, sadly we have been seeing over and over again in leftist in the leftist community that like a lot of the time that's not happening. Oh yeah. And it's just straight up bullying. And I don't know how to say it. It's like shouting people down in the middle of endorsement meetings. It's like, uh, you know, sicking your followers on people because they did a thing. It's, uh, as Sarah likes to point out, arguing with children on TikTok. Like (laughs) you can't be doing that kind of stuff. Like it doesn't help us move us forward. Can I, can I just jump in really quick to give some examples of like, what is not bullying? Because what, when people listen to this episode, I do not want them to think that we are trying to tell people to engage in civility politics, like call shit out, call shit out. If a candidate has problematic viewpoints, call shit out. If a candidate is having problematic behavior Calling shit out is not the same as bullying someone. It is not the same as doxing someone. It is like, and we want to make super clear that those are not the same things. So, so for example, having concerns about a candidate's involvement in their district, that is a fair criticism and that is not bullying. Um, Tenant organizers highlighting problems with a campaign's rent strike petition is fair criticism, and that is not bullying. Absolutely. Volunteers having concerns about ageism from the campaign, that is fair criticism and not bullying. People who have concerns about FEC filings, about um, caucuses, about spending on the campaigns, um, union support, whatever, whatever it may be, like those things are legitimate concerns from voters, from volunteers and from supporters and asking a candidate those things or not even asking, even if you're just tweeting about it and putting it into the space so that people can be aware of those questions and concerns that is not bullying. And I, I just, I want to be super clear to our, to our people who are listening um, that yeah, hold, hold people accountable, hold candidates accountable. Um, 
what the problem is when candidates get these criticisms that are fair and then they fucking dox or they bully or they use their platform in irresponsible ways. That's what we're talking about today. Absolutely. And if we have learned one thing from watching Trump, it's that you need to be really careful when you have a platform, what you say, like somebody already killed themselves using hydroxychloroquine queen. I don't know how to say it. Uh, Chemicals. Yeah. With shit they shouldn't have been taking. Yeah. And you got to be really careful. So like you said, these are not the only examples. We're going to have all kinds of things that we can talk about on the left. Um, And if you hear one, reach out to us, let us know. Um, We would love to look into it further. We're just going to talk about a really isolated one. And this one's in our backyard. Yeah. And that's the reason we're discussing it, A, because it really is, you know, right here. But also a lot of our listeners and viewers have been talking about this, asking us questions about this candidacy, seeing, you know, problematic tweets and things like that. And so we feel it's important to discuss this with our followers. Um, so that they can make their own judgment call. And just again, like, know that you want to know about the candidates that you're volunteering or donating for. You want to know what they stand for, the things that they've acted out on. And this candidate specifically, Josh Collins, he has a really large online presence. And so there's a lot of folks who are aware of things that have been problematic, maybe haven't been privy to all of the things that folks who are on the inside know about. And so we've had some folks reach out to us anonymously to provide some information. And so again, this is just one example that we have had a really close look at. But if you have seen or experienced bullying or doxing or other problematic behavior from folks on the left, specifically candidates, staffers, things like that, like we want to know about it. We want to discuss it because one of our goals is to be the better left. Like that is the name of our podcast. And so we want to hold these candidates accountable Totally. Because when, when, when far left candidates behave in this behavior, it hurts the movement as a whole. It hurts elector, electoral leftism as a whole. Absolutely. And so we need to be better. We need to hold these candidates accountable. They are not allowing us to hold them accountable. Um, just before we got <laughs> on to record, we found out that we did get blocked by Joshua Collins. So we can add that to the list with um, our baby Palumbo. Yeah, so that's, well, that's, uh, that's yeah, that's where we're yeah, at. I mean, so. we reach out to them for a statement, so we'll we'll see if we right. get one before this no, releases. But but guess what? Palumbo is an example of someone that leftists call him out because he blocks anyone that has criticism of him. Oh yeah, it's not the way to handle it. So like it, it's literally a joke on the left that Palumbo will block anyone that ever tweets anything bad about him, and it's just like as far leftists, we need you know if someone is again, engaging in bullying or doxing behavior to a candidate, obviously block them. But like me as a leader in the progressive community, as an organizer, as a former Bernie staffer, like for you to block me because I have questions about your union support, that's a problem. Oh yeah, it absolutely is. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about what it went down. Are you ready? So what we're going to talk about is actually a complaint that we got a copy of. Uh, Now, this was a confidential complaint, but we had some insider sources and we got a copy of it and I'm happy to be able to discuss it because all this stuff was discussed publicly. And so this this was a complaint that was filed with the Thurston County Democrats, correct? Right. And for a little background information, Thurston County Democrats historically have provided campaign services to candidates, even if they didn't endorse them. They're kind of. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're one of the more progressive uh, ones. So this is concerning campaign services that were filed for Joshua. Oh. So what happens is, and I'm going to give a really brief overview here. There is an altercation between one of the Joshua Collins staffers and this individual. All right. The individual, the individual that filed the complaint. The individual that filed the complaint, right. Mm-hmm. And Corn, I just want to be really clear about who this individual is. She's not any kind of staffer for another campaign. She's not some kind of political operative. She's literally just a mom who votes in Joshua's district, who wanted to go to a progressive event uh, and be part of this Bernie karaoke event to spend time with others. That's who she is. So there's an altercation that happens. Um, 
After that happens, Joshua Collins and his campaign, they take to Twitter, they post some pretty spicy takes on it. And as a result, that woman ends up getting doxxed. She gets pointed out to Joshua's followers. And she ends up having to really worry about her safety. I mean, at the time, he only had, what, maybe 50,000 followers? Oh, just um, 50K, that's all. Yeah, yeah just 50K. Like, if 50,000 people thought I was sexually aggressive towards somebody, I'd be in a really bad place. But we're going to get to those details. We're going to read these tweets, and then we are going to talk about why this is so bad. So let's start from kind of the beginning. December 6th, Joshua Collins tweets out the following. And Corn, you've been so gracious to agree to read this for me. Yes. So he tweeted, one of our staffers went to a Bernie karaoke event last night. The staffer of one of the Dem Party's prospective establishment candidates was really drunk. They tried to poach our staffer and sexually aggressed her. Heck just dropped two days ago. Is this really how it's going to be? Yeah. And just a little background, Denny Heck dropped out of this race. Right. right? And Joshua. The incumbent, the previous incumbent exactly he then claimed mm-hmm. himself as the presumptive nominee despite <laughs> it being back in december there, yeah i guess yeah. i mean there's some republicans you got to be too but okay mm-hmm. um and then what happens is and this is this is really important to understand after joshua tweets that out um the person who filed the complaint reaches out to one of her friends because She's trying to figure out what happens. Up to this point, the Collins campaign had made no contact with her. Nothing to even discuss it. Uh, She then reaches out to one of her friends to try to get some ideas about what occurred. She says, okay, can you get them to reach out to me? I'm sorry that it offended the staffer, so on and so forth. She then gets a message from the Collins campaign, specifically Joshua Collins (laughs) himself. (laughs) Uh, this one's a doozy guys this is on facebook now so uh corn and again yeah this is from a congressional candidate not from staff not from the campaign like from him he said your behavior was unprofessional and very inappropriate staffer and thousands of others would like a simple public apology that needs to happen in the next 30 minutes if you do that, we will share your apology and respectfully move on. Please set an example for others who make mistakes like this. Um, and then the, the person basically said that, you know, they were picking up their kid right now and they would like to be able to discuss this more. Um, and Josh said, that's not an option. Please just make the apology and do it now. It takes two minutes to post an apology. Um, so, Gosh. I mean... Nah. He was basically implying, like, you must do this or else. And, like, we don't, we obviously didn't know, like, what the or else is, but, like, that's that kind of scary message to get from someone, right? Right. Especially if you're aware that they're a candidate for Congress, especially if you're aware that they have a large political following on Twitter, right? And he is aware of that too, because, and I want to make clear when I say staffer, I'm redacting the staffer's name, but he says staffer and thousands of others. And what he means by that is his thousands of Twitter followers. Right. So he realizes the power that he holds and is using it against this person to get what he wants. Right. We call this a quid pro quo. Yes. That's what it is. It's like, if you don't do this, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Uh, this is, I mean, for lack of a better framing, this is strictly what we talk about in sexual harassment cases. It's you're forcing somebody with your power to do something. That's right. what you're doing. Now, this isn't sexual and this, harassment. No, this is wanna... not sexual harassment in nature, no. But like it is using, it is the whole idea of being in a position of power and using it in a, um, in t- like for intimidation tactics. That's exactly what it is. It's an intimidation tactic. And secondly, like he's doing this to a mother. Somebody who's going to go get her kid? Come on. (laughs) I mean, let's like they shouldn't be doing it to anyone, right? But like, yeah, that's that's not great. If we're gonna talk about class solidarity, uh, people who have children bear quite the load in our society. And you're gonna say you've got 30 minutes to do it. Now Yeah, well, this is someone who also shit on someone who needed a housekeeper that was a single mom. So like yeah, well, be surprised. They but. deleted that one. <laughs> oh yeah. But, so Anyways, <laughs> though, so after after he sent that message, the it you know you must do it now. It takes two minutes to apologize. Um, right. 
she did not. Right. You In know, fact, because she like for she, some clarification, she didn't right? even know what she was supposed to be apologizing for because right. there was never a conversation. Right. Exactly. The Collins campaign doesn't ask for any kind of details, doesn't detail what the behavior was, doesn't give her any direction about how to do it. It's just like, do it or else. Like, come yep. on. And yeah. So she sends some follow-ups asking for clarification. We're going to spare you guys those uh, because they're long uh, and gets no response. But she was, she was obviously concerned. And willing to communicate. Yes. I think that's the other big one, right? She's trying to find that common ground. It's not like so, she was saying, oh, fuck off. Like, you know, like she wanted to engage and she wanted to learn like what her behavior was that was problematic. And I think as leftists, that is all we can do is like, no one is ever going to be perfect, but we have to be able to listen. We have to be able to engage. We have to be able to improve. And like, she was trying to do that. It appeared. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's the most critical part. Uh, so she doesn't post the public apology clearly because she doesn't have a lot of stuff and also denies what occurred. That's a really critical part of it. Uh, yeah. The Collins campaign at this point and Collins himself are saying she's a staffer. She's all these things. Uh, none of that's true. They uh, did not is, fact check any of this. Right. None of that's true. It's just creating a narrative to attack her on. So the next day, this is December 7th. And we're going to spare this part too, because again, hey Jay, can I, can I go back really quick? I just want to be really clear again, that they made that, um, con they drew that conclusion because it was someone that was a supporter of a candidate. And I want to be clear again, that if you are running for office, you need to look at people not as a supporter of another candidate. You need to look at that person as a potential supporter of you and a potential voter, right? Exactly. Exactly. Okay, sorry. Continue. So the same night this happens, right? She doesn't do that. The staffer then actually posts publicly about what's going on saying, this is what happened. Uh, they've dropped the language that Collins included in his original tweet about it being sexually aggressive. Uh, they're now just talking about invasion of space. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But nevertheless, the narrative has been set. Right. And then Joshua, according to the complaint, retweets that same staffers thread and does it with her name with her right? name. And this is the most yeah. critical part about it. Mm -hmm. The staffer names this person directly. And in Washington state, anybody who's done canvassing or field work knows this, the voter role is public. You can yep. look up somebody's address. If you know they're involved in politics, you are yep. quite literally exposing people to risk the moment you do this. So not only do they do that, people tweet at the staffer saying, Hey, this is what's going on. Is this the person? They tag her social media profile. They name her occupation to which the staffer confirms every point except her occupation because she said, I didn't know what it was. And we are going to admit that out, omit that occupation because we don't yep. want to expose this person to anything further. Nope. All right. Not only that, another staffer then tweets out saying, I'm so furiously angry about this. I don't know where to begin. Predatory behavior can only be deterred when we're honest and hold people accountable as a community. Those of you who believed us, we see and appreciate you. An apology costs zero dollars. Um, it's really funny. So that same staffer who tweeted that is their comms director. And I remember an early conversation between this comms director and I. I said, <laughs> hey, so-and-so, uh, I'm not going to name them. You can go figure it out if you really want to. Yeah. The way you guys are approaching Twitter, kind of, for lack of a better word, shitposty. You may yep. want to be careful with that. And they that's a conversation me, you had with them, correct? Personally. Yeah. I yeah. personally yeah. had yeah. this conversation. Yeah. And they said back to me, I don't know. It's a little Trumpy. I kind of like it. Oh, my God, Jay Smith. No, no, wonder, no wonder they're okay with this kind of thing. If they're modeling themselves after Trump. Now, sure. up to this point, Joshua retweets it. Everything goes like crazy. Their supporters blow up. They're attacking her. Uh, the yeah. Collins campaign up to this point has taken no accountability, though you will notice that they have actually deleted those tweets if you go look at them. Uh, we suspect mm -hmm. that there was a follow-up that happened. We don't have the details on that yet. We're hoping to get them. But yep. this is what happens, right? This is what happens when people don't actually take accountability. What they do is they single out individuals. They create this narrative that they're the devil, that they're immediately this moral, morally evil person. Now, this person that they're attacking, we know of her. She's a progressive. You know, she they, they were at a Bernie karaoke event. Like they were at a Bernie karaoke event. 
and she's yeah. part of the community. And yeah. she, what they're so upset about is that she would make the case that, listen, this person that is, might be running at the time wasn't running is experienced, is capable, and you should consider joining forces with them. Right. That's the criticism right. they got. Now, rather than taking that as a challenge that they should go and prove themselves to the community about why they're the better one, they decide that the right thing to do is to publicly attack this woman, to damage her reputation, to expose her to danger. Right. And let's back up on that a little bit because I do think that as left as challenger leftist candidates, um, you know, on our campaign, I can say we were very familiar with people being concerned about our experience, right? Yeah, about absolutely. Sarah's experience, about not having, you know, the the experience that Adam Smith did or that Denny Heck did or whatever other candidate did. Like, that, again, that is a concern that voters are going to have. And instead, they decided to label this person as a staffer you know, of this other campaign, which in itself was inaccurate, but even just as a person who was a supporter of this other candidate, you Absolutely. should take that as a challenge. You should look at that as, okay, they are giving me an inside look at like the concerns that voters on the ground are going to have. And so let's flush this out. Let's talk about it. Now, obviously if the staffer like felt, um, uh, you know, like there was a invasion of space and things like that. Like that's also a valid concern to have. Absolutely. Um, but you don't get to uh, dox people and like post infactual information about people to your sixty thousand followers. Absolutely. Like, you know, there's a notion by all which of we, those things can be true. Absolutely. And like, yeah. Let me be clear. There's a notion by which we hold officers accountable when they're engaged in a shooting. Now, at least we're supposed to. It doesn't happen historically if you're black or mentally ill or anything of the sort. And that's reasonable force, right? You're only allowed to meet that person with the amount of force that they met you with. That's, mm -hmm. that's the reasonability requirement. Mm -hmm. There's nothing reasonable about this response. There's nothing reasonable about what they did. And that's the big concern. You can't just go and ruin people. You can't just do this kind of thing. You need to make sure that you're finding ways to actually meet those people the way that they need to be met, that you're finding ways to build that common ground with them. Instead, what have they done? They damn near ruined a person's life, right? They could yeah. have. They absolutely yeah. could have. And, you know, this type of, type of behavior where we fail to take accountability with this, where we fail to actually do that, I mean, it's rampant in the Collins campaign. when. Mm -hmm. The, they recently, which by the way, I'm super critical about this. I, I hate that they did this. They, no, and a, guess what? A lot of fucking people are critical about this. Yeah. So what they did was they floated out a uh, petition, a so-called petition to the uh, internet saying, sign this petition for a rent strike, a rent freeze in Washington, Oregon, New York, New Jersey, and I think California. And they floated and it like, out there. So really quickly for anyone that's like not um, familiar with like how this sort of shit works. A lot of the time, like, don't get me wrong, petitions, you know, they can make a difference. But a lot of the time organizations, candidates, like whatever it may be, they are getting those petitions so that you are on an email list with them so that, you know, you're giving them your name, your email address, whatever it may be. And then you can be on a list and they can give that to other candidates or they can fundraise off that or whatever it may be. Absolutely. That's exactly mm -hmm. it. Right. And so that's what they did. They floated this out there saying, Hey, in light of the COVID crisis, sign this petition for a rent freeze. We'll sign it. Allegedly they got two to 3 million uh, signatures on it. Kudos to them. And then have yeah. But and guess absolutely what? Absolutely nothing. Because it was an attempt to, I believe it was an attempt to collect stuff. Right. What the hell is Joshua Collins going to do? Because guess what? Getting a petition of 2 million people is not organizing. It is not action-based. It is not working with leaders and organizers on the ground. It is not taking into account, uh, you know, local laws and local restrictions and what is going to work for different districts and different states. And Having two to three million people sign on to a petition that was so ill-advised is dangerous. It totally is. And when you looked at those petitions, what it was, was at the very bottom, is a Google Forms link. It says yep. right at the bottom, hosted by Joshua. Josh Collins. Yep. Yeah, there was no It was commitment. so transparent that like, that's exactly what they were trying to do was just get people's emails because yeah, like what are they doing? 
Exactly. And, what are they you doing? Know, failing and to so respond. Guess, Go ahead. And so from that, specifically tenant organizers in the state of New York and the New York DSA had concerns over this. Right. You're absolutely right. And well, the, an article came out talking about that. Yeah, an article came out, like not only an article came out, but like a lot of people, as we do, like we were talking about it on Twitter and people were like, look, this is problematic. This is going to hurt people. Like when you are, again, when you have a platform like Joshua Collins, who is running for Congress and you tell people don't pay your rent on May 1st, that's dangerous without doing the research, without doing the organizing, without doing the work, without consulting the experts. That is so sketchy, dude. And like, that is so fair to call out. Exactly. And you know what? It would have been so rad if Josh was like, look, like, let's have some meetings with tenant organizers. Let's talk to New York DSA. Let's talk to so-and-so. Like, let's address these concerns so that we can do it right. If he did that and tweeted that out, we would be like, you know, snaps for you, Josh Collins. Snaps Absolutely. for you. Well, but instead, and- go ahead. Well, and this story gets worse too, right? It's yeah, like that, yeah. today, just today, the date of this <laughs> recording, he tweets about like, if you're in Washington state and you want help union organizing, message me and I will help you do that. Uh, he's not endorsed by any unions. He no. has no, what, a five person staff, according to his FEC filings, and isn't endorsed by any of the local organizations in his group. In his, and his, right, and never right. Never Olympia on- DSA. No. And right on his platform, on his website, he says that like his stance on the Janus ruling is that no one should have to pay union dues. That's not pro-union, buddy. That's That's not fucking pro-union. And like when people have concerns about those things, that's fair. Absolutely. Then. Yeah. But like, so going back to the, 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 um, tenant organizing and, and, uh, rent control stuff, like he tweeted, And again, like New York DSA tenant organizers, like these are people that are our fucking comrades, right? Like these are people that we should be working together with. But instead he tweeted out, the primary reason people, particularly in New York, are talking shit about me is because I'm part of the Rose Caucus. Rose Caucus endorsed a really good socialist candidate in a race where the New York DSA chose not to endorse either leftist running. They've held a grudge ever since. So he is basically saying that people who fucking dedicate their life to organizing for tenants, people who are on the ground organizing, like they're just talking shit and they just have a grudge. Like that is so shitty and so damaging to people who are supposed to be our comrades. You know, the thing that really appealed to me about the Bernie Sanders campaign was his slogan, right? Not me. Not me fucking us, dude. And you can't have us unless you can get past the me. And the thing that concerns me the most is this narrative. The people, the reason people are upset about me is this, the, you know, I did the right thing. No, not even that they're, Jay, not even that they're upset with him, that they're talking shit about me. It's just like, dude, having concerns about a candidate is not talking shit. You're acting like we're 14 years old. Like, what? Right. And so, and this is a thing we're seeing, I think, on the left a lot, right? We're seeing candidates like the Collins campaign and candidates like Collins himself. He's the one who started that narrative. Yeah. Uh, Not building power through a base, but trying their best to just to power bully people, right? And when I say power bully, they're like, look at my platform. I'm going to bully you into doing whatever you want. Well, it's like, dude, if somebody goes and organizes a union and their thing and you give them the wrong direction, which by the way, you have no organizational experience. No. None. Then they stand at risk of losing their jobs. That means that they could be homeless. It's so fucked, dude. It's so fucked. And the part that's the most fucked is he is putting people in dangerous positions while fucking cashing that paycheck. And like, it's just such a fucking grifter move and it's so irresponsible and it's, it's dangerous. Like, yeah, it's just, it sucks, dude. Absolutely. It does. And it's just like, you know, when we're working with people, we need to be sure that we are actually doing that. I don't go and help you people union organize. I'm not a union organizer. I openly acknowledge that. I try we're not my- tenant organizers. Like, no, that's not what we do. But we fucking respect and honor the hell out of what they do. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why you can't do it, right? You can't just bully constituents. 
Those are your base. You got to represent that community. You know, that's the big issue with the New York piece of it too. It's like, listen, man, maybe you don't actually understand what's going on in New York. You never lived there. You don't Yes. No, you got to be part of that community. And that's what it comes <laughs> back to, right? It's about meeting people where they're at. Yes. It's about finding where they're at. the, yeah, finding a way to connect with them and understanding their perspective so that you can build a better future together. And that's really the key part about being a congressperson. It's a key part about, you know, when we were working with brand new Congress and Justice Democrats that we were really trying to infuse in that group, which was, it's about people. It's about making sure we're doing that. And we can't just gloss over the parts about people we don't like. We can't just like force them to be whoever we want them to Mm -hmm. be. That's what a narcissist does, right? They look at them as an extension of themselves. Unless you fall in line, they try to just poop on you. Uh, you can't do that. You got to find a way to bring yourself into alignment with that person because it starts with you, you, it starts with what you do it starts with your behavior. So going back to our original point, right? Your intent matters, but so does your impact. And what is your impact here? Boy, I don't know. This is not a good look. I mean, if you're going to dox a woman, if you're going to make her afraid to go out in public because she doesn't know what's going to happen and now she's afraid of the coronavirus. So, okay, maybe it's okay. But like, if you're going to do that kind of stuff, (laughs) right? Like that's still really bad. Like she even mentioned in her comment that she was afraid to go look on Twitter because of the responses she would get. She was afraid to have social media. So she was avoiding it altogether. And that's just terrible. You shouldn't do that to people. It's wrong. No. Yeah. And white man to a woman. And when his comms director recognizes the fact that what they are doing is Trumpish, I think that highlights that like they know that their followers will follow. Exactly. You know, and so using that platform in such a just again by by doxing someone, by talking, by being mean to like organizers who are trying to fucking make sure that people don't lose their homes by saying that you can do the work of union organizers when you have no experience, like that is a dangerous use of his position of power. And like, that's why we're calling it out. Sorry. No, absolutely. And I think the other thing to kind of think about here is this, right? We can't just be concerned about being right. We can't just be thinking about like, Oh God, I have the right perspective. I have the right kind of like view on things. I have this. Great. Fantastic. Uh, Congratulations. But you know what being right gets you? Fucking nothing. You got to win. You got to actually do the work to get there. Uh, Posting on Twitter, that's not the work. Bullying constituents, that's not the work. We can be better. And I think that way better, way to be better, right? To be the better left uh, is to actually make sure that we are adopting the Bernie campaign slogan. Not me, us. Not me, us. Not me, us. Put yourself back, make sure you recognize the other person and do that again. So, uh, you know, I'm really excited, Corn, because we're going to get a chance to talk about lots of different experiences of bullying because, and that's how we started this conversation now, right? Uh, it's not just bullying in politics. And Sarah's going to have some great stories to share um, about that from her childhood and about mm-hmm. running as a candidate. Mm-hmm. It's not just about, you know, <laughs> being children. I don't know. I don't know where it's going with that. Uh, it's okay. not, but it's about like how we forge a path forward and the impact that it has and how do we actually uh, meet people where they're at. So uh, prior to the coronavirus, Adam was going to have a really great special that he was doing, uh, interviewing refugees and getting a perspective of what their life was like coming over. We're still working mm-hmm. on that. We're still working on highlighting and emphasizing people. Um, I know this is kind of a ranty episode but like if you like what you're hearing if you like the vision that we're talking about make sure you like and subscribe make sure you give us a little bit of kudos leave us a positive review do what you can um we're really excited to just get a chance to kind of like spread more of this because we really do believe in what our name is which is being the better left we can do this and we got to do it yeah we got to do this and i want to close with that again like being the better left and that means holding ourselves accountable to problematic behavior that means holding candidates and people that are part of our movement accountable to problematic behavior because when folks like josh collins and his campaign behave in this way it hurts electoral left left politics for years to come because absolutely his behavior, the way that he hurts people, the way that he talks down to people and punches down 
Um, that is not how we bring people into this movement. That is not how we win. That is not how we get people Medicare for all. Like that is what I'm concerned with. That is what all of our listeners should be concerned with. Um, and to do that, we have to be the better left. So, um, if, again, if you have examples, if you have gone through bullying, um, doxing, whatever it may be, like from a candidate, from just normal life, like we would love to hear from you because again, our entire point of having this podcast is to give people a platform to talk about their experiences on the ground. Um, and so when we were given this information, we just really felt like it was important to elevate this issue and discuss um, you know, the left from within and some of the things that we need to work on. Absolutely. And to give people a chance to be better. So to the yeah. Collins campaign, this is your chance to be better. I know I have grown a lot in the last two years. There were positions I held yeah. two years ago. That Jay, Jay years used to ago. be a total piece of shit. Totally. Absolutely. So but you know what? Anyone can learn. And that's, it's all about learning, listening, engaging. That's, that's all you got to do, guys. That's all. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like, I, I would apologize for the positions I had back then, but uh, and I do, right? Like some of them were hurtful and I see that now. And it's like, I really am excited that I have surrounded myself with good people who are willing to call me out on it. And I'm very, very grateful that by the grace of God, I'm in a place where I'm able to listen to that criticism. Yep. I think one last point I really want to make as well is again, like if we want to be the better left, if we want to legislate and like truly fight for bold progressive policy and get shit done, like Jay said, we have to win. Let's say that Josh Collins does win his race. Like, that would be fucking fantastic. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. But, like, if he did win, that would be amazing. But let's say he gets to fucking the halls of Congress. How are you effective? How are right. you effective if you cannot work with Bernie Sanders, if you cannot work with Alex Ocasio-Cortez because mm -hmm. they are not far left enough, because you shit posted about them? Like, if you care about not only winning, but about changing people's lives by about making the lives of your constituents better, you can't do that by fucking eating the left from the inside. Like that is not how we get things done. You have to have allies. You have to have people that will work with you on bills. No one is going to do that. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. So yeah, like it's fun to shit post. Like I can be a shit poster every now and then for sure. But like, um, you can't bully people. You can't dox people. If you truly think that you're going to be an effective legislator, um, and improve people's lives. So I agree. Agreed. I want to, I think we should end things on that. I think so too. So, Hey, if you guys can make sure you go donate to candidates in your area that are yeah. those people, make sure you volunteer for them. Uh, make calls. You know, we can't get out there and knock doors right now, but you can get out there and make a couple phone calls. So yeah, let's can do our I say part. this too? Like if you want to send us examples of shitty candidates, that is fine and well, but like if someone wants to send us some examples of some fucking rad progressive left candidates who like, maybe they did do that with you. You didn't agree with them at first and then they connected with you and had a conversation or, you know, whatever that may right. be, like would love to hear about that as well. Yep. And if you have any complaints about what we said today, you can forward all those to Troy at betterleft.net. <laughs> Trotty trot. So, all right. We're sad yeah. they couldn't join us today, but they'll be on the next show with all of us. Uh, again, thanks for listening. This is Better Left and this is Jay. And uh, today we think it's better left to the people who care about other people. Any questions? Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Touch the particles of space, feel the matter shifting into place, floating through the darkness, call it grace. Buy your head and nod to the Heart beating like an 808 Star bound right up out the gate Supernova blowing up my fate Instead I swear these haters cannot take Tell me who the hell do you think you are I can piss the heavens with these goddamn bars Impossible? I go beyond Hyperdriving the XLR Make us if you ain't catch that bar I'm the captain now, call me Young Picard we gon' take flight, we gon' take flight, we gon' take flight, we gon' take flight, flight. Ship's name is Wednesday, no losing, we bitchin', we soarin', we cruisin', we tourin', perusin', this system endurin', this journey, we movin', like comments, no worries, we got this, can't stop it, 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 can't stop it.